0: hi this is the holes of my podcast show and today i am talking to tim swartz and tim is i get your bio up is an indiana native and emmy award-winning television producer videographer and is author of a number of popular books including the lost journals of nikia Tussia, america's strange and supernatural history ufo repeaters time travel Fact Not Fiction, Man of Mystery, Nicola Tessa and Otis T. Carr, Admiral Bird's Secret Journey Beyond the Poles, is contributing writer to books as uh, Arthur Colin Doyle, The First Ghostbuster, Brad Staker's Real Monsters, Gruesome Critters, and Beasts from the Dark Side, Real Ghosts, Restless Spirits, and Haunted Places. As a photojournalist, Tim. Has traveled extensively and investigated paranormal phenomena and other unusual mysteries. From such vast locations as the Great Pyramid in Egypt to the Great War in China, he's worked with television networks such as PD, PBS, ABC, MBC, CBS, CNN, ESPN. He's also appeared on the History Channel programs Ancient Aliens. Evidence, Ancient Evidence Disclassified, and History Channel, Latin America series. Canunto es- Estentory I probably said that wrong but it doesn't matter. His articles have been published in magazines such as Mysteries, Fate, Strange, Atlantis Rising, UFO Universe, Flying Saucer Review, Renaissance and Unsolved UFO Reports. Currently Tim writes a column for the Highly Strangers in the Indiana for the magazine Daydrifter. As well, Tim is a writer and editor for the online free newsletter Conspiracy Journal, a free weekly email newsletter considered essential reading by paranormal researchers worldwide. Tim is also the host of the webcast Exploring the Bazaar, along with Timothy Green Beckley on KOR Digital Radio Network after all that very long bio, I'm going to say, hello Tim, how are you? Oh, hello, thank
1: you for uh, having me on this evening, I appreciate it. Yes, um,
0: can you tell me a little bit more what inspired you to get into your various subjects? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'm sure that, like a lot of people who have been on your show that are, you know, interested in, you know, the paranormal and uh, other unusual phenomena, I started out at a, a fairly young age. Though I was uh, kind of drug kicking and screaming into it all. Uh, it, it happened when I was about in third grade, and. Um, we used to get a weekly newspaper that was geared towards children and um, it, it was an aggregate of uh, like all of the week's uh, headline news and our teacher would assign everyone a, uh, a, a news story to, uh, to write a little essay on and then to give a, uh, a presentation in, in front of the class well one day I was given a story about UFOs, about flying saucers. And at that point, I had no idea what UFOs or flying saucers was. And I, I mean, I had been interested in, say, like uh, science fiction, things like that. But mostly, you know, being a kid from uh, the, uh, the Midwest of the United States, I was more interested in, say, like basketball or, or racing cars or things like that. So um, I did... You know, my, my little essay and then gave a, gave a presentation about flying saucers and uh, <coughs> I was pegged. I was the kid then who believed in little green men from Mars or you know how other kids are. I mean, they're always trying to find, you know, something to hold over you. So, I mean, everybody thought that, you know, for whatever reason, that uh, I believed in this stuff. And at that time, you know, I could have cared less. But um, what I ended up finding so interesting is that, you know, people would go and uh, make fun of you, you know, while there was other people around, you know, like your uh, group or stuff. But then later, they would, they would come to me, and, you know, when it was just us, and they would say, well, you know, I don't believe in this stuff, but... And then they proceed to tell me, you know, their their family saw a UFO while they were on vacation, or you know, their their uh, their house was haunted by, you know, their dead aunt uh, Elmer, or you know, something along those lines. And that's what I really started to find interesting about all this stuff is all of these experiences that people were having, different experiences. Yet, so many of them were the same. And, you know, most of, and, and this is, you know, this has continued on through the, through the years. You know, <laughs> most people who come to me and tell me these stories, they're not interested in publicity or, you know, or, 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 or me writing about them in a, you know, in a book article or anything like that, they just want somebody to listen to their story and not laugh at them, not say that they're crazy, but just to listen to their story. And um, uh, because most people who aren't previously interested in this kind of stuff have no idea how to categorize, you know, that mental categorization that we all have on our everyday life. You know, I mean, we, we have in our brain, you know, like a cupboard almost that uh, knows how to categorize. You know, you get in your car, you drive to work, uh, you know, you see uh, jet planes taking off from the nearby aer- airport, things like that. I mean, you know, we, we have places, you know, but when it comes to something, so unusual, say like seeing a UFO or seeing a, uh, a ghost or something like that. Most people don't know how how to put that. I mean, it's not for you. Know, unfortunately, for most people, it's not an everyday occurrence, and so they're left with this. It's almost like the you know sort of Damocles hanging over their head. They've got no idea what happened to them, why it happened to them. And for a lot of people, I mean, that just that, that really just bugs them for the rest of their life, And they're afraid to tell anybody because they know that they'll be laughed at. So oftentimes when they come to me, tell me their story. And then afterwards, you know, I'll say to them, well, you know, yeah, that's, that's an interesting experience. You're not alone. Other people have had similar experiences, and uh, and that's, you know, that's one of the great mysteries of life. And you can just see that sense of relief wash over them just to know that somebody, you know, they're able to tell their story and not get laughed at. And then for, for a lot of people, that's just it. They don't, they'll know why away, And, you know, maybe never, ever tell the story again. And to me, that is really one of the most fascinating aspects of mm. this phenomenon is that human aspect of it. I mean, sure, we've, we've got all of these unusual uh, incidents and reports but it's how people react to that and uh, how they, they you know go on with their lives afterwards if they're able to you know that that to me is what really makes makes all of this so fascinating.
0: Well I got through to the paranormal because I've had a near-death experience myself mm-hmm. and that's how I got more and more drawn into the paranormal because I started in the world of cryptozoology okay
1: yeah um, uh, near you know near death experiences that's that's another one of these things that uh, uh, you know a lot of people if they already have say like a religious upbringing uh, you know when they when they come out of it it you know it can be less of a Traumatic experience than say somebody who you know uh, was an atheist or really just never never thought about it and and probably as you well know you know afterwards you 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 never look at your life at the same way again you know it's it's just uh, it's it's just such a life changing experience you know for people who
0: you know would never expect to have you know such a you know well i look at <laughs> it this way i i when i was in my coming i i was i look I was neither in the real world or next world and basically i touch my version of heaven i i believe i've had this discussion with many people that heaven is our version of heaven and hell is our own version of hell. I don't think there's like one heaven or one hell. I think we've got our own version of it.
1: That's, you know, that's funny because I've, I've heard the very same same thing from a lot of people. Um, that uh, um, how you envision, you know, things, you know, how, how you see that it's going to be is a lot of times how it ends. And, and, you know, there, there could be the possibility that after a certain amount of, of time, and I'll put quotation marks around that because, you know, you know as well as I do that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the other planes of reality are, are, are timeless, that uh, as you adjust to your your new surroundings and, and realize that, uh, you know, really this is, this is the, your, your natural state of being, then you'll probably then, you know, shift into seeing things as, you know, as, as they properly are. But I do think that, that our, our consciousness has a major influence on, uh, on how these uh, realities are formed.
0: I see you like me. You like the f- a time travel. I have a theory. You probably heard this before, so please excuse me if I'm, you my ignorance. But uh, basically, my theory is that we are time traveling at the moment, and that uh, you are, you are in the past, and I'm in the future. Yes, that's correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, uh, you know, that's, the, it's, it's one of the, one of the mysteries of, of the universe, really, on just what exactly time is. Um, you know, I, I dare say that, uh, probably any of the conceptions that, that we have had in the past or currently have are probably incorrect. <laughs> You know, I don't think that we really do have a, uh, a, a good grasp of, of what it actually is you know one of the problems is that you know we we're, we're in it you know whatever time is whether or not it's just simply the uh, you know the, the, the you know the expansion of, of space-time from you know the, the beginning of this current universe to you know <sighs> To just say, uh, possibly, an artifact uh, manufactured by by our brains, uh, just to, just to keep us going in reality, but uh, well, time is 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 really a mystery. And uh, but uh, you know, I mean, from the research that I have done over the years, there does seem to be. <laughs> some kind of way, or ways, plural, that that we can kind of circumnavigate our way uh, uh, through time, uh, because I mean, there's been there's been lots of, uh, of reports from people who uh, uh, will will find themselves for one reason or another, you know, uh, all, uh, temporarily in the past or, or temporarily in the future, or at least those who are able to come back and talk about it. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of people who disappear uh, all over the world uh, uh, every day and never, never come back. And, or some of these people may have actually have, uh, you know, dropped through a portal or a window, you know, somewhere and ended up in another reality or another place in time and space, uh, never to come. Come back again, um, but uh, you know I just—it's—it's—it's uh, uh, it's, it's one of those mysteries, time that I just—I've uh, been fascinated with for a long time, and uh, and and of course fascinated by the stories of people who who claim that uh, they've been able to to time travel either deliberately or or accidentally.
0: Well, it's also the theory that. Um. The 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 aliens that uh, we are visitors are so basically us coming back to revisit ourselves.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's you know that's that's one of my uh, my favorite uh, uh, speculations when it comes to the whole UFO phenomena is that uh, at least uh, uh, some of these uh, reports and sightings you know could be time travelers uh, from our future um you know because if you think about it if 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 very if we are able to you know sometime in the future uh discover a way to to travel through time what better way to come back to the past to disguise yourself, you know, so you could uh, interact act. You know, if you are able to interact, because you know from history that during this time people were seeing UFOs and claiming to talk to uh, uh, extraterrestrials, so I mean that that gives you a uh, a good historical viewpoint. Then, if you do, if you are able to come back to disguise yourself along those lines, so if somebody from you know a past time period that you're visiting does run across you. Then you can say, yeah, well, we're from, uh, yeah, we're from Zeta Reticuli. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we're from the, you know. you know, maybe uh, if you're able to go back as far as, say, like the 1950s, you know, you had a lot of uh, UFO contactees that were told that uh, the aliens were coming from Mars and Venus and places like that. Well, I mean, now we know uh, from, our, from our own space probes that those planets are. are uninhabitable at least you know from you know for for you know humans or, or human like uh, creatures so it seems like every generation the uh the reports the, the ufo occupants seem to place themselves further and further out into space you know right now we can't go to the zeta reticuli and confirm whether or not they're there or not so uh so yes if uh If if time travel does end up being possible, you know, that's that's a great way to uh, hide your activities by disguising yourself as as extraterrestrials. Then again, though, uh, I should point out that if an extraterrestrial race is, or races, are visiting the Earth, and they're coming from a vast distance, you know, light years away, more than likely, whatever... Propulsion or whatever you'd want to call it that they're using to get here probably involves a form of time travel in order to travel that great a distance without having, you know, have like say a generation ship where, you know, one generation starts and by the time they reach a planet, it's five or six generations later on the ship. Um, which I mean that would really be uh, an awkward way to travel the light years so there's the possibility that they have come up with some kind of time travel in order to to jump across all of those uh, light years uh, within you know, really just you know, a, a short period of, of time quotation marks again uh, in, in their experience
0: I like when I do this, when I look up about UFOs that uh, I find it fascinating that the American government who did uh, various projects like uh, Project Blue Book uh, looked, did a massive amount of research and they they went going out their way to debunk as much as possible. But it's like everything. I think if you have a hundred accounts, 80% of them you can discount quite easily, saying oh, it's a weather balloon... It was uh, a meteorite or whatever, but it's always at 20%, they cannot explain no matter how much you look into it.
1: Mm hmm. Right. Yeah, it's. Um... States government, you know, is not the only one. Um, you know, uh, Great Britain, uh, you know, uh, Russia, China, I mean, all practically every country has had their own UFO files, so to speak. Um, but um, it, the thing that has always interested me is that. Um, it, it, uh, People like to think that the United States and some of these other countries know the truth about the UFO phenomena and they're keeping it secret from the world's populations for whatever reason. However, if that was actually the case, you would think that there would be some rogue nation who would come who would have come forward by now and and say hey no you know the united states uh, uh, russia they've been lying to you we have evidence you know we've got cross-saucers that you know crashed in our country and we're going to uh, um, you know uh, uh, we're going to show them to everybody nobody has done that yet so My own personal opinion, and of course, you know, this is my opinion, and, you know, you can, (laughs) it's, 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 you know, as good as you want to take it. My personal opinion is, is that the countries on this planet know that the UFO phenomena is real. However, they don't know what it is. Okay. Um, they, they have no evidence one way or the other that they're extraterrestrials or time travelers or uh, a lost civilization from the hollow earth or, or whatever. They just know that there are strange things that are flying around in our skies with impunity and that nobody so far has been able to do anything about it. And I think that is the secret that everybody really has been keeping all of these years is that we know the UFOs are here and they're real we just we can't stop them nor do we have any idea what they are and I think that um, everybody realizes that if they came out and said that that would create a panic you know I mean it's It's one thing when you would come out and say, well, yeah, UFOs are real, and they're visitors from uh, uh, another solar system. At this point, you know, the 21st century, I think people... People, uh, the majority of people, uh, could probably accept that. It's a lot more difficult, though, and a lot more frightening, if you think that uh, there's these strange things in the sky flying around that we can't identify and we can't stop them. You know that's that's a lot. That's a lot more frightening, I think.
0: Have you have you ever done, um, talks with people that have been abducted? Because I've had various talks with abductees, and I find this. They, um, te- uh, they. Uh, I don't like the word stories, but I have to use the word story. I find it. I find them very fascinating, and very detailed, and they do come across as very intelligent people.
1: Yes, um, I I think that uh, at least the the experiencers that I have have talked to over the years are very honest in um, what happened to them. That uh, I, I don't I don't believe that the majority of them are making up a story. You know, there are a few who think that uh, that some way somehow that they can uh, uh, make money off of uh, off of spinning a story. But you know, anybody who has been in this business for any length of time knows that there's not a lot of money uh, to to be made when it comes to you know ufos or 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 paranormal phenomena or or what have you so uh and and then again you know most people that i have talked to who have had these experiences aren't interested in getting any kind of publicity um uh, most of them um at least initially are very traumatized uh by what has happened to them and uh they they Do like to talk about their experiences with other people who have had similar experiences? I mean, you know, it's 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 a very good therapy when when people do that. Um, You know, however, so many of them have come out with with similarities to their stories, but there's also some some really major differences as well. Which um, you know, it's uh, to me, it's that's that's extremely fascinating because rather than being, say, like just you know, just a straightforward nuts and bolts. These are visitors from other planets, you know, scientists, explorers, you know, who are taking. People to do scientific research on them and, and, and what have you. There seems to be some. Uh, there seems to be other aspects to this phenomena. You know, there's the there's uh, there's a paranormal, for want of a better word, aspect to to a lot of these, because a lot of experiencers um, will have say like uh, a ghostly phenomena. Uh, Associated with these events, sometimes uh, starting before their their first uh, uh, abduction, and then continuing on afterwards. Uh, a lot of these people have uh, uh, poltergeist activity in their house uh, afterwards, and uh, and and report uh, you know seeing you know what. You know, really just seems to be uh, a a ghost and stuff. Other people, you know, they have uh, uh, crypto experiences. You know, uh, they'll see uh, creatures uh, very much uh, in description like like Bigfoot and other things like that. So it, it makes me wonder what it is about these experiences that... Seem to evoke um, the paranormal uh, aspects of this. I mean, it just—it just leads me to believe that our current understanding of these unusual experiences, abductions, you know, ghosts, cryptozoology, things like that, are are still kind of outside of our our, our realm of understanding, and possibly rather than. Um, rather than looking at these various disciplines uh you know ufo research cryptozoology ghosts and hauntings as separate items maybe we should start looking at them more as a combined experience for some you know for whatever reason that uh, so far is eluding us
0: well i i when i do a lot of um, research looking into the various aspects of um reports of cryptids and UFOs and paranormal When I have found that most of them tend to be on ley lines over here in the UK mm. I mean I'm not saying it's a scientific I haven't done a proper scientific report on this I can't say I've I, but I, I have found that most of them have got this commonality myself
1: oh yeah yeah well uh you look at This happens you know all all over the world I mean it just so happens that you know they're, they're you know great Britain there's you know been a long history of, of mapping uh, those those ley lines you know other places uh, not so much but but yes I mean uh, there is a commonality uh, to that I know here in the United States um, you know we have uh, uh, places especially here in in the Midwest, West, where um, you know the Native Americans uh, built um, mounds and other types of of, of structures and uh, these areas seem to be also you know like uh, uh, hotbeds of of ufo and other types of of unusual activities uh uh, through the years Um, i know that uh, uh, close to the area where i grew up uh, there's a place uh, a town called anderson uh, anderson indiana that has uh, an extensive area of native american earthworks that uh, i mean they uh, they they stretched back thousands of years i mean uh, before even the uh, the native americans that you know were here in this area um, when the first white settlers uh, came or, came across you know they're called the, like the adena uh, 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 people and uh, uh, you know the the Anderson area has a long history of unusual um, hauntings, uh, um, um, crypto uh, creatures such as uh, extremely un- uh, extremely large uh, bird sightings, uh, like you know like thunderbirds, and uh, you know there's also um, supposedly a. Uh, 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 group of, you know, uh, the Native Americans thought that they were physical, but uh, 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 creatures that uh, are, were called the Pukwujis, uh, which, uh, you know, like diminutive, like, almost like pygmy uh, uh, types of, of people, very short, that lived in uh, little, little caves along the banks of, of the rivers. You know, some some areas, uh, they were considered more of a, you know, like a supernatural uh, uh, types of creatures. But, but yes, I mean, you know, you... You look all over the world and you will find concentrations of unusual activities, you know, in these types of, of you know, of energy line areas, ley lines, you
0: know, whatever you want to call them. Well, I have a theory that our ability to tap into seeing the paranormal and UFOs and cryptids comes from the ancient man. Because ancient men had to have the ability of heightened senses due to the environment that he lived in. I think part of this is still with Venus, and also we underestimate the intelligence of ancient man. We always we always believe that they just carried around axes all day, and, and went ugh ugh ugh, and that was basically it. But but we but we all we all know if you look into archaeology because I'm a fan I do I am a fan of archaeology that you can see ancient monuments that we built back then that we don't even know how they were built.
1: It's an interesting point that you brought up because you are correct that uh, that that. Modern people tend to think that our earlier ancestors were just, uh, you know, th- these brutish creatures that just went around beating each other over the head, you know, with, with rocks and stuff, when they actually, they they have the, the same level of intelligence that we do uh, uh, now. Um, uh, we just, you know, we we just have the benefit of uh, um, of, of, of our technological uh, era. If if you would take, if you have the ability to take somebody from a past era, um, I mean, an extremely, you know, what we would consider almost a prehistoric uh, or stone age type of era, uh, bring them forward uh, to this time, you. you know, probably, you know, like as a baby or youngster, and bring them up, they would be just like we are. I mean, there would be no difference in intelligence or anything like that. Um, and, so, um, and, and when you talk about the ability to uh, build some of these uh, uh, st- absolutely magnificent structures that are still around today uh, you know like the, the, the pyramids in Egypt or, or some of these amazing structures that you can find in Central and South America. Uh, I, I always point out to people that the, the people who built these structures build them because it was difficult for them. They build them because it was easy. You know, I don't know if that makes, if that makes sense, but, uh, you know, I mean, they, they would not attempt to build these things if they didn't know, already know how to do it and to do it properly. All right. So, uh, and, and, is is the correct word because so many of these structures after you know several thousand years are still with us today as you pointed out um we really don't know exactly how they did it um if you you know it, it, it say like these a lot of the structures uh in um in South America. You know some of these are cut, the the stones are cut so fine and fit together so perfectly that you can't even insert uh, a sheet of paper in between them. Uh, You go and you talk to an archaeologist on how these structures were made and, and put together, you know, they'll, they'll come up, oh, well, you know, they, uh, uh, they spent years grinding away at the rocks with other rocks and then uh, used uh, wooden rollers and you know, thousands of people to move them into place. And uh, But if you would go and talk to an engineer, somebody whose job it is to do work exactly like that, they would say, we really don't have any idea how it's done. We don't know. So I mean, you know, that's uh, <laughs> you know the archaeologists. They may have theories, but they don't have that engineering knowledge on how this stuff was done. So the engineers, modern engineers, who you know, whose job it is to do that kind of stuff, they look at it and they're like, you know, that's that is that's a puzzler. We're not sure.
0: I always find it fascinating when we look at ancient. Um uh ancient histories and all that how often they you come across pictures where there seems to be like a giant like figure that they're looking up to like you see in um i think there's one in the ri- aboriginal uh drawing of, I'm, I'm not too sure if i'm correct where there's this like giant like figure uh talking to them and they look like small and pointing to things now I believe, I believe that we were basically... I think giants and fairies and all that did exist. It's just that we seem in different ways now. It's perception of the time. Now if you was, back then, you were five foot tall and someone comes along who's six foot plus, they would be a giant. Oh yes. That's my example.
1: history in practically every society and civilization that has been on this planet that um, uh, at, at one time or another they were visited by or angels or, or you know what have you i mean everybody has their own different uh types of stories oftentimes these people uh these visitors would be uh, uh, uh giants uh quite a bit quite a bit taller uh, you know uh, uh, oftentimes i mean they were they are referred to as star people you know they came from the sky and and brought the, the building blocks of civilization uh, you know, to, these, uh, to these people. Um, you know, you've got uh, some of these old Assyrian and Babylonian, uh, uh, we call them mythologies, of uh, the, uh, the Anunnaki and, and, and people like that uh, who, who came down. Uh, from the sky, I mean, and, uh, you know, we give them, we give them the names, uh, you know. Uh, we we call them gods because I mean that's what uh, um, you know. We think that these ancient people uh, thought they were, and uh, you know, to their to their understanding, that's you know that's probably um, uh, you know as as close of an understanding as as they would have nowadays. If such beings would appear, we probably would call them, um, you know, like space visitors, you know, these are extraterrestrials or they're coming uh, uh, from, you know, from another planet or something like that. You know, it, it could be that uh, we're, we're mistaken all around. That that whatever these beings are, are you know some kind of intelligence that is completely beyond our understanding, and to consider them as visitors from other planets or or, or gods or angels, um, neither one neither one of those explanations uh, would be correct. Um, it's it's one of the one of the mysterious aspects about our reality is that there seems to be uh, non-human intelligence that seems to transcend time and space and then for whatever reason occasionally um, manifests itself in our reality and I think that probably due to the way that we perceive things, and how we want to perceive things, that the manifestation manifestation of this other intelligence is then interpreted and possibly takes on the form of whatever our current belief system is. You know, 2,000 years ago when... these things made an appearance. Uh, we would have thought of them as gods, and they take on that role of gods. Nowadays, if if we have these same experiences, uh, we would expect them. We would see them more along the way, along the lines of you know science and technology, and uh, and as extraterrestrials, and they probably take on that role of, of extraterrestrials. You know, uh, five hundred years from now, if we're still here.
0: You know, they look at them in a completely different, uh, different way. I think we, we will end up a bit like the dinosaurs. I think every every generation has has an extinction point.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, the dinosaurs were really successful, though. I mean, you know, they, the, they managed uh, to live for uh, a number of millions of years, I mean, you know, uh, homo sapiens sapiens, we've only been here really for uh, maybe, you know, less than 50,000, maybe 100,000 years, at, at least our current understanding of, of archaeology. I mean, I think, I think that probably humans have been around a lot longer than that. But in the whole scheme of things, compare, compared to, say, something like the dinosaurs, you know, so far we've just been like a, a blip <laughs> in the whole uh, uh, time scale on this planet. <laughs> I,
0: I like the fact that you wrote so many books... Well, do you one day sort of think, oh, I just feel like writing a book? <laughs>
1: well, actually, uh, what happened was that um, I was writing um, magazine articles uh, for my friend Timothy Green Beckley, um, who, who was publishing uh, a number of magazines. This would have been in the... Uh, the, the early 1990s uh, uh, you know uh, Mr. Beckley he lives uh, in in New York uh, and um, uh, he worked for a number of different uh, magazine publishers uh, publishing magazines you know dealing with with UFOs and and, and you know, like subjects and uh, he came to me one day and and wanted to know if I wanted to uh, write some books for him. He had a, you know, like a little, at that time, a little publishing company where he published books as well. And uh, so it, it started out that um, he, had, he had one author that uh, had written um, a number of popular books that went under the, uh, the pseudonym of Commander X. And he... Um, Commander X had contracted with with Tim Beckley to write a couple of books. One was on uh, invisibility. The other one was on time travel, of all things. And uh, um, Commander X had had some health issues and was not going to be able to um, to to finish these books. Um, he had he had made preparations. He had gathered up uh, uh, material for it, but. Uh, books were unfinished, so Tim Beckley asked me if I wanted to to take this material and finish finish the books up for him. And that's what that's what I did. And uh, and then after that, it was just like kind of like a spark, you know, had been uh, uh, given to me. Uh, I like I love the process. I love doing the research uh, to to write books. Um, uh, to me, the the research. Uh, for a book is probably more fun than actually writing the book. You know, writing a book is a very tedious uh, process. It's it's not that much much fun really. Uh, but it's to me, it's it's doing the research for the books that is is really um, uh, the the most uh, the most fun of the of the process. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I I find that a lot of authors say that that they they prefer the, the looking around and doing the research bit. Now, when you say that you do help out with TV television shows, is that as a researcher, or they come to you say, "Oh, Tim, can you give us a bit more info on this project that we're doing?" Well, my uh,
1: um, my first you know, really, really major, major career was in, in television. You know, I, I, I went to, uh, uh, I went to university and college, um, to studying, um, uh, journalism and, uh, and, and television broadcasting. And, uh, for, uh, you know, more than, more than 20 years, I, I worked for, um, Several different uh, television stations in the news department um, as a uh, as a videographer, you know, or television photographer. You know, I was one of those one of these guys that you see running around, you know, with the camera on their shoulder, uh, going to uh, different events. And uh, then later, I became a uh, um, a, a producer, an editor, you know, just uh, uh, as you know, as well as uh, uh, you know, like a, a news writer. Uh, all these things I I worked for uh, the public television station in Indianapolis Indiana for for a number of years uh, now you know public television in the United States is a not-for-profit um, it's, it's funded by um, uh, for, for um, a little bit by uh, the government, and then uh, other funding comes from corporate entities. So the station that I worked for in Indianapolis had a a, a for-profit arm that um, would uh, would hire uh, its its employees, cameramen, equipment, things like that, to um, uh, various uh, other television stations uh, that may be coming into the area uh, to cover events, sporting events, you know, what have you, and, uh, you know, didn't want to bring, you know, uh, go through the trouble of bringing the own crew with them, they would just hire, you know, like a local crew. So because of that, I ended up uh, working for a, a number of different uh, um, uh Works, not only from the United States, but uh, uh, from, you know, all across the world. I mean, I, I did a number of, uh, of different things for, say, like the BBC, uh, when they would come to the United States to, to cover uh, various uh, events. And uh, so, uh, during this time... You know, I I kept my interest in this you know this other stuff <laughs> you know the uh, you know the paranormal and UFO sightings and, and things like that. Uh, one you know one of the things that that I did was that if say like a, uh, a television station that I was working for was needing to cover say like uh, a, a UFO or cryptozoological you know type of of, of story, I often in time would act mm-hmm. as like a consultants uh, because, you know, most journalists, most reporters and assignment editors at, at these television stations have no idea about this kind of stuff. I mean, you know... Well, they're they're used to dealing with politics or breaking news or things like that. They have no idea uh, about about UFOs or Bigfoot or or ghosts and things like that. So I would consult... uh, uh, so that a proper job would be done in reporting these stories i mean you know as well as i do that that so many of of these stories that are done by stations are are very hacky you know i mean they they do they do a terrible job of it they they make it a joke they play x-file music in the background uh you know they they treat the witnesses or whatever, you know, like their little children, you know, it's just the you know, oftentimes I, I watch these stories and I just you know, I cringe. It's just like, ugh they just you know, they do a horrible job. So I'm 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 very proud to say that uh, uh, for for many years that, you know, when I worked for these stations that I was able to provide them, you know, good information and the proper way to investigate and to handle these kinds of, uh, of stories,
0: and also you are a radio host, which I imagine you get to. Be, I, I like radio because I think with radio you can you can get into more into depth. I think I think a television limits you in one way because they have a time restrictions of, and they have to do things in advance because that's how it's done. But I'm waiting. I think you've got the, well, I find through podcasting, I can talk to people like yourself who I find interesting and I hope other people find interesting. And you can, you can have these debates and discussions that people wouldn't necessarily listen into, but it makes their brain think a little bit more.
1: As as I like to call it, uh, has has really had a major change on uh, uh, on broadcasting, and especially when it comes uh, to our favorite subjects. You know, I mean, uh, UFOs and the paranormal and and, and this other stuff. I mean, gosh, if you go and and look around and see how many uh, podcasts deal. With this type of subject, I mean, it's just, uh, gosh, I mean, it's just, it goes into the thousands, probably, you know, probably more than that, you know, of, of, of people doing these types of shows, and and I do, I, I really enjoy doing these kinds of, of programs. So, you know, the, the, the current one that I'm involved with now is called Exploring the Bazaar, along with uh, my friend Timothy Green-Beckley. And it's, uh, uh, it's, it's on Thursday nights at uh, 10 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time on the uh, uh, KCOR digital radio network. Um, this is probably, gosh, I think the, uh, the third, third or fourth uh, show that I have done over the years, and, uh, and and this current one, Exploring the Bazaar, I mean, you know, we really enjoy doing this, because we do, I mean, it's 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 so much fun, and we get to talk to people that we've always wanted to talk to, <laughs> you know, uh, about the, our favorite subjects, and it's, uh, uh, and, you know, I think one of the things that, we enjoy about doing our program is that we're not we're not doing this program in order to try to show somebody up or to um, or, 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 or to have a big you know say like a uh, 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 skeptical debunking uh, type of show. If, if there are people out there that, that we really don't believe, the stories that they are telling we probably aren't going to have them on uh because you know we're not going to go and do a show where we spend the entire two hours just arguing with somebody Mm -hmm. and trying to uh kill them up or or or, or prove that the stories that they're telling is 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 wrong or a hoax or or whatever you know if somebody wants to do that that's fine no well we want to talk to people that we've find interesting that that we think has uh, legitimate stories to tell or you know or, or um, uh, kind of hold the same interests in these subjects that that we do or just somebody that We've just wanted to talk to for a long time and have never had the chance, and uh, and these uh, these podcasts are really a perfect way to do it because not only can can we get to talk to them, but then we're able to share these conversations uh, with with everybody else out there who is uh, who's also interested in the subject. Well,
0: if you're ever been looking for a British guy that lives in Holes of i I'm your man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
0: definitely, definitely. Well, um, we're coming to the end now. Would you like to give any links to people with they want to look you up and say, oh, that Tim looks, sounds very interesting. I wonder where we can find some watching. Oh, sure. right? Please yeah, do. No, definitely. Well, um, if, uh, if if you want to check
1: out my books, and, uh, and I've got a bunch of them. <laughs> I mean, Amazon.com is is the best place to go in search of my books. Just uh, type in uh, uh, Tim Swartz. That's S-W-A-R-T-Z. And uh, you know, all the books that I've written, all the books that I've contributed to, uh, will pop up. Uh, My my website, which uh, I I share with uh, uh, Tim. Tim Beckley and and his publishing company, uh, Global Communications, is conspiracyjournal.com, all all one word, conspiracyjournal.com, and uh, our webcast is uh, Exploring the Bizarre. And it's on uh, Thursday nights at uh, ten o'clock Eastern Time in the United States on uh, KCORRadio.com. It's the KCOR Digital Radio Network. It's uh, as I said, it's it's two hours long, and uh, and we just have a great time uh, doing that program. It's 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 a lot of fun, and we always try to find uh, people who are interesting. And uh, I think that uh, the majority of the time we we're, we're able to. Uh, to put out just uh, just really an excellent program
0: well um, also I know you've got that newsletter that you mentioned earlier I'll subscribe to that and um, have a look at some of the stories yeah it's uh, the, the
1: conspiracy journal- Newsletter. Gosh, I I have been putting that out since. God, it's, it's probably been almost 20 years now. <laughs> and it's 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 free. It's an aggregate of the week's uh, kind of uh, 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 weird and, and paranormal stories. I have. From all across the world, will send me stories from their area, and then I'll have to go through it. I'll, you know, I'll get several hundred of these stories a week. Then I have to go through them and kind of uh, weave them down to about six or seven stories a week, but uh, yeah, if anybody uh, wants to subscribe mm-hmm. to it, you just go to go to our website, conspiracyjournal.com, and there's mm-hmm. a spot that uh, you can just uh, sign in your email, and then you'll get on our mailing mm-hmm. list, and uh, it's, it's absolutely free, mm-hmm. it comes out uh, once a week, usually on a Sunday. And uh um, it's uh, it's it's just all the
0: weird uh, news and uh, information that uh, they don't want you to know. <laughs> well, before we go, I, I I do seem like to do a like a bit of a unique sign off for people. Are you ready, Tim? Yes, definitely. <clears throat> this is kizzy. Thank you, Tim, for being on my show. I liked our chat, you know. It's so, so fascinating to listen to you. Thank you, my friend. Goodbye to you. That was it, sir. OK.
1: <laughs> I didn't know if I... I didn't know if you wanted me to sing along. Yeah, you or can like,
0: do that. It's, that. it's up to you. Entirely up to the guests. I never force anybody to do anything.
1: Because if you want me to sing along, boy, you'll definitely lose your listeners at that point. <laughs>
0: That's okay. All right, thank you, sir. I've enjoyed our chat. Well, th- well thank you very much. I, uh, uh,
1: I appreciate you uh, having me on. I had a uh, great time talking to you today.